Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Welcome to Sex Talk with Zivi and Tracy, co-hosted by me, Zivi Owens, and Tracy Cox, who is the author of 17 books and an international sex expert. We are the duo behind the TikTok viral sensation account called With Zivi and Tracy, and you should definitely listen to this podcast in which I ask Tracy three anonymously sourced questions each episode, which you can also enter at www.sextalkwithzivian.com. Tracy.com and it's sex talk S E X T O K to reflect our TikTok viral success. I hope you enjoy. Enter your questions on our website, listen up, send it to friends, and please rate and review our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Enjoy. Hey, Tracy, how are you doing? I'm all right, Zippy. How are you? What have you been up to? I have just watched the first two episodes of Sex in the City. Actually, now it's called. What's it called now? And and just like that. And just like that. And oh, it's like changed the name to that, has it? Yeah, it's called And yeah. Just Like That. And I don't know. I was so excited to see the characters again. But my the greatest thing that I had to talk to you about is that Carrie, Sarah Jessica Parker, now co-hosts a sex podcast. <laughs> <laughs> of course she does. Who, is she co- who does she co-host it with? That's what I want to know. So she co-hosts it with, well, it looked like what the host was actually someone who used to be in Grey's Anatomy, but plays a gender, oh, I know non- who, gender yeah. non-conforming, very funny person named, I can't remember what the name is of the character in the show. Wait, it used to be... Oh, Shay, C-H-E, because the real name used to be Cheryl, but no longer. And there are all these jokes about sexuality and all this stuff. And it was so, I was like so relating to Carrie. I can't even tell you because (laughs) Shay or Che or whatever wanted to talk to her about masturbation. She like was blushing and wouldn't talk. And I was like, oh my God, literally Carrie is me. This is me, like on the screen. Like we used to both write articles all the time. And like, I, you know, there she is on her laptop writing and now she's co-hosting a sex podcast. I'm like, what is going on? (laughs) But also that surprises me why she would be blushing. Because I mean, Sex in the City was pretty full on. It's pretty out there. They talked about like lots of stuff that we talk about pretty... I mean, that doesn't make sense with her character, really. Yeah. Doesn't this it? guy friend of mine emailed me this morning because I sent out an email about Sex and the City to my newsletter. And this guy went to business school, wrote back, and was like, yeah, we I watched it with my wife last night, and now we had to explain masturbation to our 11-year-old daughter. <laughs> <laughs> this is a good thing. This is oh a good thing. Anyway, I, so like I like it. I like it. All right, I'm watching. I'll report yes. back next week. Call, yeah, tell hey. me, email me when you watched. I want to hear what yeah. you Yeah, okay. okay. All right, I will. Okay, so three questions today. We are still getting lots of questions in, but like we say every time, if you have sex questions you'd like to ask Tracy anonymously, please enter them at sextalkpod.com, S-E-X-T-O-K-P-O-D.com. And if you're wondering why we haven't posted on TikTok lately, we have tried and tried, but we keep being banned for inappropriate content. 
<laughs> I have Which to is laugh. Ridiculous. Like, it's so crazy because we're really just trying to help everybody. It's not like gratuitous sex here. Anyway, so we have been trying and trying and trying and they keep blocking us. So hopefully we can resurrect it at some point. Mm. Anyway. I just find it utterly ridiculous, isn't it? I mean, we're not... Anyway, we say this every week. I agree. But anyway, yes, everyone write to TikTok and tell them how dreadful they're. No, don't. <laughs> probably make it worse. Probably make it worse. Right, question one. Let's see what we've question got. Question one. I'm a woman in my mid-20s, and I have just met a man I think is the love of my life. He feels the same. The problem is neither of us had any intention of settling down for at least 10 years. I've just finished a degree and started a job that requires long hours. Same for him. I wish I could put him in the deep freeze and thaw him out again when I'm ready. What should I do? <laughs> I really related to that because I've felt like that before in life. And it is, it's sod's law, isn't it? You can be looking and looking, looking for somebody and then you decide, you know what, I'm going to take off for that year's travel in the days when you could travel for a year. And then you meet someone the week before you go. It just happens like that. But the first thing I want to know about this, which is kind of crucial for me, is how long have they been together? Because if it's under three months, I think everybody in the first three months think, oh my God, this is the person, this is the absolute person, don't they? Because you're in love with being in love. It's so exciting. You don't, you know, you're on best behavior. All of that stuff is happening. So if it's within the first three months, I would say, look, don't panic and start planning your future, you know, because (laughs) you don't know, you don't know in the first three months. And I think personally, it takes about one year before you really get to know somebody, because what you need before you can really make a judgment on whether the relationship's going to last, is, you know, what are they like when they're stressed? What are they like when they're sad? What are they like when they're hassled? You know, like, as well as all the happiness, you need to see them in the bad situations. How do they interact with their friends? How do they interact with their family? You really, I think you need a lot of time with somebody over a period of about a year to see all sides of them. So let's assume that you have been together a year. Let's assume that she's been with him a year. So the whole right person, wrong scenario situation, I think it definitely happens. I think a lot of people do, that saying, you know, when the pupil's willing, the master appears. I think, if you heard that before, meaning when you're ready for something, it will manifest itself. And I do think that, you know, a lot of people who suddenly, you know, decide they want to settle down, you know, tick all the boxes and then really start looking in earnest and they're ready. I think often that is when you do sometimes find someone. But on the opposite end of the spectrum, I think people often find love when they're not looking for it because that is when you're at your most attractive. When you're not trying to look for somebody, you're not desperate, which I think seeps out under doors and can be felt miles away. I think that's a really unattractive quality. It means you're not out to impress. You're just relaxed. You're being yourself. And most importantly, when somebody comes along that you just think, oh, yeah, yeah, maybe they'd be quite nice to get to know, you're not doing that thing of applying that rigid partner, you know, must look like this, must be that, must be, you know. You're just sort of going, oh, yeah, whatever, I'll just hang out with you for a bit. And then you end up, you know, so you're not distracted by he's not the right height, you know, doesn't drive the right car, not doesn't earn enough money. All the things that don't matter aren't important because you're not actively looking for love. So then you tend to give these people who aren't your type a chance and voila, before you know it, you're suddenly in a relationship for the right reasons because you've got interested in them and attracted to them for things like, you know, honesty and kindness and intelligence and sense of humour. So this is what happens. So I think when you're not looking, you find. And I think this is exactly what's happened here. But this whole fixation on when is the right time, look, 
if you're both ambitious, which it sounds like you are, you're not just going to be working for the next few years. You're going to be working the whole of your life. (laughs) So sure, there are times when it's easier to form a relationship. You know, of course it would be easier. But it's like when people get pregnant, they're like, oh my God, it couldn't have happened at the worst time. It's, It's when is the right time, really? Really, when is the right time? And also... I mean, I know couples who've met in their 20s and are still together in their, like, 60s and who are ambitious people. And they haven't been joined at the hip. I think we need to let go of this impression that if you want to be serious about somebody, you have to be joined at the hip and tweedledum and tweedledee. I mean, some of my friends, I mean, they're in TV, so they work you know, different locations. But I mean, he's been away for a year filming in another country. She's been away for eight months and and they come back together. So you can be separate entities even within a relationship. And I think it's actually good for you to be able to do that. The other thing I think that she's assuming is that all great relationships last a lifetime and they don't necessarily. I mean, you know, it's perfect for now, but it might only be perfect for a year and then you might naturally separate. So you're trying to, you're going, oh my God, I've met the person I want to spend the rest of my life with. What do I do? Because it's not the right time. Well, all of these factors, they're not facts, they're hope, aren't they really? And I mean, I don't know about you, Zoe, but I think when you're in your 20s, when you meet somebody that it ticks all the right boxes, you're like, this is fantastic, but yeah, whatever, this is going to happen to me, loads. And then when you get to my old age of 60, <laughs> you realise that in fact, it might happen if you're lucky four or five times, you know, in your life. So it don't just assume it's going to come along all the time. I think she should just grab it go with it, mould and flex as much as they possibly can and just see where it takes her. Because I think otherwise, this is going to become the whole one that got her away and what would have happened if and maybe that guy was the one. And it's going to it's going to become bigger than what it probably is, to be frank. So go with it, grab it. There's never going to be the right time. That's my feeling. What do you think? I totally agree. And I think... I feel like I've met every single person I've ever dated when I wasn't looking. And the the times when I was looking, I never met anybody. And I, But I remember also what you said about being with somebody for at least a year. I remember when I first got together with Kyle, my mother was like, and I immediately, I was like, oh no, we're going to get married. And she's like, what are you talking about? And I was like, no, no, I just know. And I did know. And I still do know and whatever. But she was like, Sivi, see him through the seasons. And I was yes. Like, yeah. So that's the same advice. So I see you know why what? it's that, good advice. That yeah. must be an American thing because when I married my first husband, he was Canadian. Well, Canadian thing. His grandmother, who I loved, said, you've got to see someone through all the seasons. Yeah. Like winter, yeah. you know, and I just thought, I thought that was a wonderful saying, actually. Yeah. Same I think way. it's really true. I also think, you know, we can't plan. This is This is such a question of somebody who hasn't yet realized that like you can't you cannot control what happens in life like no. i used to think i could control it too and like i had a plan and you know as more and more things have happened you just realize like i think there's there has to be this sort of resignation that everything yeah. is essentially out of your control so if you have the gift of a connection with somebody who you think is the love of your life enjoy it like mm. go for it and don't let a degree or a job get in the way. I mean, love is really special. And if you find yeah. it, I would say go for it. And, you know, what is that expression? Like you make plans and God laughs. You know? Yeah, no, I was thinking that. Yeah, man plans, God laughs. Yeah, exactly. Not yeah, Especially with COVID. But, yeah. yeah. I mean, God almighty, it's so uncertain at this point in time. Who knows what will happen? But yeah, and I do think you can have both a career and love. I don't think they're mutually exclusive yeah. at all. 
Just go with it. I think this woman can, I'm so happy you found the love of your life. Go (laughs) enjoy it and see what happens and don't put artificial boundaries on it. That's what I would say. Yes. Okay. Absolutely. Okay. Question two. How do I know? (laughs) (laughs) You're going to love this one. I loved it when I forwarded it to you too. Okay. (laughs) How do I know if I'm peeing when I... (laughs) Like climax or ejaculating. This happens sometimes when, oh my God, I can't believe I read these things. This happens sometimes when I'm masturbating an orgasm. How do you tell the difference between urine and the fluid produced during female ejaculation? Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Right. <laughs> The expression hilarious. Right, now this is quite, it's quite difficult to explain this, but I've done my best to simplify it all for you. So most people know the urethra, right, which is the tube that you pee out of, right? So most people know that. Now around the urethra, there's spongy tissue which sort of wraps around the urethra and it's erectile tissue which means that it fills with blood when it's stimulated it's the same so erectile tissue is in the penis and when that fills with blood we can see it but you can't really see what's going on with ours because it's all inside of us so that erectile that's sort of urethral sponge and a little bit just near it is what you feel through the vaginal wall and that's the g-spot that's that hard ridgy sort of area that you can sometimes feel well the bit that everybody agrees on right now this sponge has about 30 to 40 glands or ducts in it that they think are responsible for producing the fluid that comes out when you ejaculate so that's the sort of anatomy of it now pretty much all ejaculations we think, don't know a lot about this, by the way, it comes from G-spot stimulation. And anyone who's ever had G-spot stimulation knows that when that you get stimulated in that area and that sponge swells, it pulls, puts pressure speaking, it puts pressure on the bladder, which makes you feel like you're going to wee. So if you are in that situation, go off and see if you want to wee, come back, and then if you didn't do a wee, it's generally G-spot stimulation that's making this, this happen, right? Now, so this is where it all gets confused. That's why people think, well, it felt like I was going to wee, and maybe it is wee, but it's not necessarily wee. But the other thing that complicates is that both ejaculate and urine comes out of the same tube, the urethra. So whatever they measure is going to have a little trace of urine in it anyway. Now, there is no research on this. No one's done anything. But there was a rather hilarious, much-cited experiment that got published in a medical journal, and everybody was all over it because nothing's ever been tested, right? So it was one woman 
who took it on herself to test the theory of whether ejaculate was urine. So she took this stuff that turned her pee blue, right? She drank this medication. She put a sheet down (laughs) and then she alternated between peeing and ejaculating to see see what colour the sheet turned. And her conclusion was that the pee was blue and the ejaculate was mainly clear with a slight tinge of blue to it, which kind of fits with the logic of it, right? Now, I know women who ejaculate. Lots of lesbians I know ejaculate. I don't know whether they're more into G-spot stimulation or not, but they say, when I called them, that the ejaculate is clear rather than yellow and often quite milky in the way it looks. An analysis of female ejaculate has shown that it's made up of prostate-specific antigen, which is also present in semen, which also suggests that it comes from these glands. So I would say, however little the research is, yes, female ejaculation is a thing. And it sounds to me, especially if it only happens when you climax and it comes out quite fast, that it's ejaculate, not urine. Having said that, most women, especially if you have a really fierce orgasm and the muscular contractions are quite strong, a little bit of urine can come out, especially if you've had kids and your pelvic floor's not that great. But the good news is there's no evidence at all to show that ejaculation makes orgasms feel any better. And it doesn't really matter. And there's been so many studies with men, because women freak about this. They're like, oh my God, say he thinks I'm weaning myself or something, or she thinks. (laughs) And they don't care. Men don't care. And and most men have grown up with porn watching female ejaculation or the people who pretend that or the porn stars. And they just think it's great if it happens. So don't worry about it. Okay. You did very well during that. Good to know. Thank you very much. Okay. Question three. I've noticed... I've noticed my penis is changing shape. It is now bent and curves to the right when it's erect. I am newly divorced and about to get out there dating. Is there something I need to be concerned or embarrassed about? I mentioned it to my doctor, but she brushed me off saying this can happen after a certain age. I'm 45 and not to worry about it. Should I mention it before I have sex with someone new so she doesn't get alarmed? Right. Well, this is almost certainly something that's called Peronese disease, which is named after the doctor who discovered it in the 1700s or something. Now, it affects between 3 and 10% of 40 to 60-year-olds. So it's, a, it's not uncommon at all. And that rises to 23% in the 40 to 70 age group. But weirdly, teenage boys can get it as well. It's a really interesting thing. Now, what it is, what causes it? So you imagine the penis is three chambers that fill up with blood. It's basically scar tissue or sort of like a... a hard lump or thickened tissue that happens, that grows in the shaft in one of the chambers, which stops the blood flowing through, right? So it has to, the penis sort of bends because only part of the blood can go through. So it has to bend around this obstacle. Now, it can cause very painful erections for people. I mean, you can get it mildly or severely. It sounds like this is mild case though, but it can make erections painful. It can make sex impossible or very painful again. It can, you can lose girth or length in the penis, but that's severe cases, right? Now, they don't know what causes it. They have no idea. They think it might be hereditary. It does seem to run in families. They definitely think that if you've had a trauma when your penis is erect, that that can cause scar tissue. And did I tell you about the time I nearly broke my first husband's penis? No. Oh my God. No, no, it has not come up yet. (laughs) We were having sex and we were, the 
bottom of the bed had a really, we had like a wooden headboard, but on the bottom of the bed, if you know what I mean, like it was sort of weird. Yeah. Yeah, a footboard thing. And we were having sex sort of against that. And then we were right in the middle of like quite vigorous thrusting and I moved and he just went smacking into this headboard really hurt and it was the day before Christmas or something he went to my sister for Christmas and he sort of came up and said my sister's a nurse by the way and said I can't pee I don't know what's going on and anyway his stomach was swelling up and swelling up and he just and his penis was swelling up and he had to show my sister who thought it was hilarious so we ended up in emergency on Christmas day with and he had he'd fractured well you can't fracture a penis but he'd literally caused trauma and I'm not in contact with my first husband but he's probably hopefully he hasn't got parents is because of it because it is a cause of it and sports injuries you can sometimes cause it as well but it's generally when the penis is erect and in fact vigorous masturbation can cause it so and also diabetes and high cholesterol which makes sense because if you're going to have thickening of the arteries in your heart you can have thickening of the arteries in your penis so that's what causes it one of my friends who's a sex therapist said she's seen it happen with men who who are often not sexually active, like being single or in sexless marriages, and then when they get back out there, they start masturbating, having sex, and suddenly it's like, what's happened? My penis is bent. Because it only is noticeable when it's erect, right? So it's important for anyone out there with a penis to keep your penis healthy. And this means having lots of erections, having orgasms, keeping those chambers getting full and then depleting again because it keeps it healthy. The other good thing to use is a penis pump. I sold two in my ranges actually and they sell really, really well. They're like these vacuum devices that pull, they, they pressurize the chambers and keep them nice and healthy and oxygenated and it works. It works with Pyrenees that they're very good actually for that because they can help straighten it. Most men don't need treatment but if it does get worse you can get injections into the area to flatten it out. You can use devices, there's lots you can do so don't be embarrassed anyone out there who has got it but most men don't need treatment. Now should you mention it? Well you don't say how extreme it is the bend. I would I would just wait. I certainly wouldn't mention it before sex. I'd wait until the penis <laughs> comes into its own and she can see it in all its glory. And then if she's looking like, why is it bent? I would just say, yep, bent like a banana. And it's because I've got this thing called Peyronie's disease. It's nothing to worry about. It just makes it look unusual and have a bit of a laugh about it. And it's not all bad news either because I know somebody whose husband's got Peyronie's and she said, it because often they curve upwards, it's a direct hit for the G-spot. So it's always a, always a, a silver always lining. Always a silver lining, yes. <laughs> okay, sex tip of the week, Tracy. All right, six sex challenge of the week now. Okay, yeah, oh, I'm sorry. Doing sex, sex challenge, challenge of the week, yeah, sorry. Yeah. Yes, yes. So the challenge this week, no sex in a bedroom for two weeks. You can have sex anywhere you like, but it can't be on a bed. Okay. Now, this is really good because it doesn't just add variety, makes you move out of the room. It actually stops you having sex at a a particular time of the day because people who only have sex in the bedroom also tend to be the people who only have it last thing at night or maybe in the morning. So it makes you have sex at a different time as well as a different place. So that's varying two things, which is good. Two weeks, you can do it. Interesting. Love it. Okay. (laughs) Tracy, thank you so much. This has been so much fun as it always is. And yeah, I hope you have a great week. I will. I'll be watching Sex in the City. I'm dying to know what happens. Okay. (laughs) All right. Bye. Bye, Tracy. Thanks for listening to Sex Talk with Zivi and Tracy. If you want more from Tracy, she has a column on Moms Don't Have Time to Write on Medium. So check that out too. Thanks again. 
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.